here we are, last day of 2023. Can you believe it? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad, right? And, uh, you know, for all of us, I'm sure, 23 has been a year filled with some challenges, some struggles along the way, some things that came along that you weren't expecting, some things that you weren't sure how you were going to get through, but through it all, Jesus was faithful to you, right? He has been and he will continue to be. And um, as we come to this day today, I want us to take just a little bit of a look back at what this year has been like here for us at Vertical and, and what's ahead and how you and I can enter into this next year with a sense of bold faith. I mean, where you walk in, kicking the door, and let's go. You know, I, I want to have that kind of confidence. And I think the Word of God and the Spirit of God offers that to us and encourages us in that. So here at Vertical, it's been, a, it's been a powerful year. There's been some challenges along the way. There's been some struggles along the way, but God has been incredibly faithful. This year, we've seen 25 people baptized here at Vertical. We're excited about that. Yeah. We have 96 new members this year that God has brought into our church family. And we have seen God grow his church, do just what Jesus promised he would do, that if he is lifted up, he will draw all to himself and he will grow and he will build his church. And so uh, for two years now, we've seen a 25% growth each year in the church overall. And that's been good. We've seen a, a spirit of excitement and expectation. That's one of the things we hear from people when they come into the church. Uh, a new, new people coming in will say, I, I came in and I sense there's something different here. I sense God is here. I felt like I was home. I hear that a lot from people when they come in for the first time. And that's, that's the presence of the, of the Lord in this place. Only the Spirit of God can offer that to people. Of course, our members are, are serving and I know our parking team and our greeters help make all of that happen. But it's the Spirit of God working through all of those folks who help make that happen here. We've seen God move in many different ways. This year, uh, Jerry Phillips was licensed into ministry here. God is calling and raising up people into ministry here. Uh, Caleb and Truett were ordained into ministry this past year here at Vertical. We've seen uh, growth in our online ministries. Of course, we have a, you see our video team moving around here. We have online viewers on Sunday morning. Um, we are on a lot of social media platforms that I was totaling up uh, the number of times we appeared in people's feed recently. And so we could track how many people saw us on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Spotify and all that stuff. That number I was astounded by because it was, just over 750,000 times we showed up in someone's feed this year. And so that's the gospel going out. Amen? It's just a new and different day. I mean, back in the 80s, you know, when I was new in church and in ministry, we were trying to figure out how to wait, a way to send out postcards, you know, into the area. We were hoping to maybe talk to someone at a store. And we still do those kind of things. But to think that through this online media format now, we can touch and reach that many people with the good news of Jesus Christ is phenomenal. Uh, we've seen God bless this year here. Uh, last week, we had three services here for our Christmas Eve service, well over 500 here and all three of those services. It was great, a great time, beautiful time of worship. God has provided financially this year. So two years ago, the daycare that was here left. And uh, they went and found their own facilities and they had been paying rent 
to the church. And we had been dependent upon that for some almost eight years. And so when they left, it was going to leave a sizable gap. And we were concerned and prayed and trusted God. And he has more than met the need and the gap that was made up by them leaving. And so it's phenomenal. God has been faithful to provide through you who have given, and we're grateful for that. We've seen the beginning of our phase one uh, remodel downstairs here. We're still waiting on final uh, approval and permitting from the city. You'll see that happen here in a matter of weeks, I'm confident. But I think the thing that has stood out the most this year here at Vertical is that we have seen the fresh transformation of people's lives. People who have sat right here on this stage and said, here's what God has done in me recently. There have been stories in the past. Those are, those are cool and great too. But to hear someone say, within the last month, within the last two weeks, just this past week, here's what God did. And it radically transformed individuals to free them from addictions, to restore marriages, to bring hope where there has been mental confusion, racing thoughts, addiction to substances. All of those things have happened this year right here in this room. And that is something we thank the Lord for, right? Because that is, that is lifting him up and living him out. So I'm grateful for what God has done in the real life transformation of people here in our church. Uh, beyond, beyond vertical though, however, there is a, a ministry, one of the ministries that we support is in Waxahachie. It's called First Look. And uh, it is an organization that is a, a pregnancy uh, ministry to people in the community. And we support them. And so you can see some of the stats here on screen of the ways that they have been able to help people in the community. And you can know that when you give, part of what you give goes to help support First Look. They provide biblical counseling and training and they do a pregnancy tests, ultrasound, and 100 women that were at risk for an abortion chose life this year because of their ministry. Amen? So we are grateful. And that, these stats are just from August to October. The numbers are even greater for the entire year. So we are more than grateful to support their ministry and, and partner with them. We've also walked through quite a few series this year here at Vertical. We began January last year with, or this year, with the Lord of the All series. I don't know if you remember that. And we talked about how uh, Jesus has come so that he might be Lord of all, every area of our life, so that we might love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And God began to move through that. Then we went into the Jesus Follower series. And we talked about what it means to be a Jesus follower and to lay down our life to make it our goal to do what he wants for us and not what we want. And so we saw God move through that. Out of this came the shirt that everybody has loved and wears the Jesus follower t-shirt out everywhere, every, everywhere they go. And then the series, Give Me That Mountain. We talked about uh, some of the ways that God calls us to grab a hold of his promises and hold on to them, believing he will see those come to pass. He will bring them to pass in our lives. And that began to happen as well as people began to claim promises from God's word. And Heather and I, uh, during that time, began to make a list of some ways that we were praying for some mountains to be moved in our lives. Some things that at the moment, we thought, this would be crazy if this happened. But even just this past week, one of the things that we have been praying for actually began to come to pass. We began to see 
I'm, I'm not even going to tell the story yet because I'm waiting for it to all fully unfold. So, but it, it is beginning. And so I know that has happened for many of you as well. As you claim promises from God, you can be sure he will keep those promises. And then came the series called Set Free. And this was, yeah, it was a pretty phenomenal time. God began to work. And typically here at Vertical, we'll do a series. It'll be about two months long. But this one we did. And the Lord said, well, we're not through yet. And so we continued the series. And stories began to come out. And people began to be set free. And we just kept going. So we extended it a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks. We continued this for four months here at Vertical this year. And God moved powerfully during that time. People truly were being set free and still are. I, I talked to those people that were up here on stage telling their stories and it's not like they had a flash in the pan moment and then went back to their old ways. No, God is still working in their life to keep them free and bring even greater freedom into their lives. And I'm confident you'll get to hear part two to many of those stories coming up in this next year and stories of people that you haven't heard yet that are set free now and continue to be set free. And then we came into the, the fall with our Think About It series. We're going to follow just a little bit today on that as we follow um, uh, what it means to think and have a heart of thankfulness and not overlook what God has given to us and be thankful for his promises. Then we came to December with Unexpected Jesus. And we've seen how he unexpectedly shows up in some of the most unusual ways that we would never have planned in our life to do his greatest work. So today, as we finish the year, as we think about moving into a new year, our message today is called Move Forward with Bold Faith. Move into a future with bold faith. Face your future with faith. Because I know that's really what you desire as a child of God, you want to move forward into this next year with some confidence and certainty of what it, ha what it is that he has for your life. You don't want to miss him in that. So let me, let me draw a few things on the board just to kind of set the, set the stage for us today and, and prepare us for where we're headed in the scriptures today. Because in all of our lives, we're at a place where we have been growing in the faith. If you are a believer in Jesus then he has given you the gift of faith to believe, to trust him, to see what you had not seen before, to see what heaven has given to you, to see with heaven's eyes, to see the promises of God when the circumstances don't seem to give off any kind of hope, amen? And it's his desire that we move from that faith into even greater faith, we see Jesus talking to the disciples at times when they had little faith. We see in the scripture where we have been given grace upon grace. We've not come to a faith that just has a one-time experience. We have been born again, but now we begin to grow up in that faith. And our faith is to increase. It is to deepen. It is to be greater. It is to trust more. It is to love more. It is to believe that God is at work in our life and obey him fully. Amen? But it requires intentionality to move forward into that kind of faith. God speaks his word to us. His spirit moves inside us. And then it's our responsibility 
to respond to what he says and to trust him, to allow him to work. And again, that's what we've seen here this year at Vertical. But this little space right here in between, this moment does not come just naturally or randomly or easily to move from the faith that you have right now into greater faith, more faith, more trust requires a fight. We're to, we're to fight the good fight of faith. And so sometimes this moment right here is an explosive moment because God is calling you and I to lay down what we have trusted in, put aside our own opinions, our feelings on the matter, to lay aside fear of what other people would think about us if we chose to follow him and obey him, to lay all of that aside, to lay down what we trust in, what we have believed, and now believe him. This moment comes with a fight sometimes. In fact, often, I would almost say every time. Anytime you want to move forward in the faith, there's going to be some tension right here. There's going to be a demand to let go of some things. There's going to be some tension inside that's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel uneasy. And that's when you need some other believers around you to, to help you in that process. Amen? If you try to go that road alone, you're going to end up losing this fight. But when you gather others around you, and you know they're praying for you and you can talk with them and they're telling you their story and you're seeing how God's moving in someone else's life, then you can move forward and you can win this fight. And so this moves us forward to a place where we can even move into the, the future that God has for us with faith. Not based on my own strength, my own abilities, my own perceptions, but with genuine faith, I can move into what he has for me. Because out here is a place of greater peace, of greater rest, of greater work, of greater healing, of greater restoration, of greater reconciliation with others around us, of greater freedom from addictions, a change of our own desires, the ability to see God, all of that happens out here, but you don't get here without walking through here without experiencing this. If you want to move forward into 2024 and see all that God has for you, it will have to be with faith, and I promise you it will require a fight. So, let's look at a passage of Scripture this morning. We're going to be in Genesis 32. You can turn there in your Bible. You can follow along on screen. I'm going to set the stage for you. Genesis 32 is the story of Jacob. Now, we've talked about Jacob during our Think About It series. If you remember, Jacob was a twin to Esau. And Esau was born first, and Jacob was born second. And Jacob spent his life jealous of his brother who was born first. And he didn't get the same blessing that Esau had. Now, Jacob was going to be used by God, but all Jacob could focus on was what he didn't have. 
And when you keep your eyes on what you don't have, then you'll end up frustrated. You'll end up creating conflict and you'll end up not seeing your future with faith. You'll end up frustrated and seeing only the future as negative and dark and empty. And so Jacob was a man who thought that way, even though he knew God, even though he had come from a family of faith. Jacob looked at his brother with envy and Jacob looked around in sadness. And so Jacob set out to find a way to get blessing because he thought he was unblessed. He thought he didn't have it. He thought his brother and everybody else did. So he thought the only way I'm going to get blessing in my life, the only way I'm going to get good to come into my life is to trick people. His very name meant trickster. And so what he did is he tricked his brother into giving up his birthright. He tricked his own father into thinking he was Esau. He caused an entire family conflict so bad that he had to leave and go live in another city because the tension was so great. Can anybody relate to some family tension? Hello? This stuff's real. It happened in the Bible. And Jacob caused a lot of it, in this story at least. And Jacob had to leave because his brother said, I'm going to kill you. And this creates tension and he doesn't get to spend any more time with his brother, his mother, and his father. And he goes to live alone in another land. Now during that time, a lot happens. He ends up meeting a woman. He ends up working for her dad. He ends up getting tricked by her dad because if you live as a tricker, you're going to get tricked, you know? And he goes through even more troubles in his life because he just won't yield to God. He's fighting to get a blessing and he causes fights everywhere he goes. And Jacob will get married. In fact, he'll end up with two wives. He'll end up with 11 children and 20 years will pass and he's been resisting God the entire time. God has been trying to get him to go home and reconcile. God has been trying to get him to go and restore. God has been trying to get him to believe and to trust him. And 20 years pass. 20 years is a long time to live frustrated, believing you are unblessed, that everybody else has it better than you, that somehow you've been overlooked, that somehow you have been left out. And then Jacob finally listens to God. And he says, okay, God, I will go back home and I will do what you're calling me to do. He chose to move forward in faith, although he'd been running for 20 years, which just as a side note here, it doesn't matter how long you've been running, the invitation is still there. Come home, come to the Lord come back to what he's called you to. And so Jacob says, God, I will go back. I will do the hard thing. I will go and be reconciled to my brother. Now that is going to be a challenge because the last words he heard from his brother was, I'm going to kill you. And so Jacob begins to make his way back. He's got his family with him. He's got a massive entourage with him. 
And on his way back, the Bible says at the beginning of Genesis 32, that an army of angels met him. Now I can't imagine what that'd be like. An army of angelic beings show up in all their power and majesty with their swords and their shields and they meet Jacob. And they are there to reassure him, the Lord is with you. I am here for you. The Lord has surrounded you. The Lord is going before you. He is here with you. They were to be a visual representation to Jacob that the Lord will fight your battles. And Jacob is so moved by it at the beginning of 32 that he ends up naming the camp that he's in uh, a Hebrew word that means two camps. My camp and God's camp is right here together. You think, okay, this is a pretty cool setup. He's going back. God is with him. God is for him. In fact, the minute you choose to walk in whatever way God has called you to walk in, he will be there with you. He will bring his angels and give them charge over you to keep you in the process to do exactly what he's called you to do. And so Jacob begins heading back. And he sends out messengers to go meet his brother, just to go see what's going on. And those messengers come back and they say, hey, uh, Jacob, we saw Esau. Dude, he's got 400 men with him. He's got an army with him. And Jacob gets a little panicked. Oh, no, Lord. What's interesting is you walk through 32 there, you hear Jacob go out to pray. And you hear Jacob saying, Lord, I know you promised. I know you said that just like you said to Abraham, And Isaac, that to me, you would also keep your promise. You would keep your covenant. And our children would be as the the sands of the seas, as the stars in the sky. I know you said you'll you'll keep your promise, but God, I'm terrified all of a sudden. I'm panicked about Esau and his 400 men. You see, Jacob was standing on the eve of a future now that terrified him. Anybody in this room standing on the eve of a future that gives you just a little bit of fear? Hello. There ought to be a little bit of concern for all of us about what's ahead in 2024. I don't know what it all is. I know what should be coming. But when I hear the news reports and I see things going on, it's a little troubling. It's a little concerning. It's not like times used to be. There's just a little bit of uncertainty about what's out there I kind of feel a little bit like Jacob when I hear that there's 400 men out there on Esau's side and they're coming at me. Like, Lord, I don't know. And so here in this moment, Jacob stands with the promise of God for him, an angelic army with him, and he should have been able to look ahead and say, let's go, let's kick it down, let's go. But instead, he let the fear of that one report terrify him. And he panicked. Have you ever heard a word from somebody and it changed everything about you and brought you into a place of panic? This is where Jacob needed to trust in a promise and not let panic take over. So in 32, it says that that Jacob came up with a plan, a plan based on failure, 
a plan based on the fact that 400 men are coming and we're probably going to lose in this deal. So here's what Jacob did. I'm going to divide my family. I'm going to divide all my soldiers and I'm going to divide them into two groups and I'll send one over here and I'll send one to go meet Esau. That way, if they all get killed, at least I'll have all these over here. Wow. You're making a plan based on defeat. And it says the next morning he got up and he sent them all ahead and he stayed behind. Wow, do you see what's happened? Instead of the promise of God, instead of awareness of the angel army who is with him, he panicked at the news and he chose to go last. This is where our passage picks up this morning in Genesis 32, we're in verse 24. It says here, then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. I used to read this story and I thought, what in the world? Jacob, you just, you just meet a guy in the middle of the night and you just start fighting? What are you like, two, two five-year-olds? Yeah, another boy comes to the room, so you gotta start fighting with them? What's going on here, Jacob? What's the deal? When you understand the context, and when you see the rest of the story, this was not just a man. This was an angel who had come to Jacob. He didn't just show up randomly out of nowhere. This man had to be part of this angelic army who he had already spoken with, who had already said, let's go. Think, well, why are they fighting? I think because of the context here, what is happening is these angels are saying, Jacob, what are you doing? Get out there and get in front. Don't stay behind. Don't send your family out there. Divide up into two camps. You get out there in front and you walk like a man in front of them who is trusting the promises of God because that's what you're supposed to do. We are here with you. God is here with you. The promises of God are for you. Get out there and walk like a man. And Jacob is saying, you crazy. And Jacob says, there's going to be a fight right here because I'm not going. And these two get into a smackdown right here in the middle of the night. Jacob is all alone and they get into this fight in the middle of the night because Jacob doesn't want to go into this future. Jacob is terrified. Jacob is angry. Jacob says, no, I'm not. The Bible says um, in this, so they wrestled all night until the breaking of day. And then 25, it says, now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. So here's this angel wrestling with Jacob and they're going at it and it says all night long. And they just, Jacob's relentless at this. And the angel finally reaches out and it just says that he touched the socket of his hip. You see, what's happening here is that Jacob is wrestling with heaven. And you're always gonna come up short if you're trying to wrestle against heaven because all it takes is a simple touch and you're going down. He could have put him down much sooner. He could have pinned him. He could have put the iron claw on him. He could have done some things. You got the reference here, you older folks in the room, right? <laughs> he could have ended this thing, 
But the angel let him keep wrestling. And the angel finally just touched him to pop his hip out of socket. Because Jacob is wrestling with God. You ever wrestled with God before? Have you ever had a moment where he is giving you a promise? Where he's giving you something to do? Where he's calling you to move forward? And you look at the circumstances and you hear the promises, but you look at the circumstances. And you hear what he's done for other people, but you look at the circumstances. And you know there's angels with you, but you look at the circumstances. And you look at those circumstances and you panic and you can't move forward, and he's trying to push you forward, he's trying to call you forward, and you just say, mm, I'm not going. I'm not going to do it. I'll fight you before I do it. That's what happens to us. That's why I say sometimes from faith to faith, there's a fight. Because God's trying to move you forward. He's trying to free you. He's trying to grow you. He's trying to mature you. He's trying to help you go back and reconcile. He's trying to help you break some habits. He's trying to get you to trust him. He's trying to let you get your hands off of some things so he can do his big work in your life. And you just keep fighting him. You just keep resisting him. You keep saying no, and he keeps saying yes. And if you keep fighting with God, it'll end up costing you. For Jacob, it's going to cost him. It says, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. All of a sudden, Jacob can't get the same moves in. He can't get that same strength over this angelic figure that he once could. But Jacob is relentless. It says, and the angel, he said, let me go. For the day breaks. Jacob, we've been at this all night long. Your hip is dislocated and you're still going. You're still fighting. You're still resisting what God is calling you to do. You keep pushing back. It's enough. That's enough. Let me go. It's morning. It's time to move on. Stop. And you think, Jacob, what is so big inside you? that you would resist heaven calling you. An angel trying to move you forward. Why would you keep fighting, Jacob? What is going on inside you that would give you so much fight? Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And here is the most heartbreaking yet revealing moment of this entire story. Jacob says, I'm here. I'm fighting. And I'm not going to stop because there's one thing I've been missing my whole life. There's one thing I've just never had. There's one thing that I desperately need. I need to know that I have the blessing of God. You might be able to relate to this because as a child, every child longs for the blessing of a parent. You just want to hear your mom or your dad say, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I am blessed because God gave me you. You are a treasure. 
and I know God is going to use you. Every child longs to hear that, not just from heaven, but from an earthly parent. And when a child never hears that, it puts a fight inside them. It puts a tension inside them. It puts a struggle inside them. And here's Jacob, who's fought with his brother, fought with his dad, fought with other people, and here he is fighting with God, saying, I'm desperate. Please, I have to know that I have your blessing. I cannot let you go until I know I'm blessed. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever lived with that longing just to have someone's approval, affirmation, to hear them say, well done, to hear them say, I'm so proud of you. This is Jacob at a critical moment in his life saying, God, I have to have it. I have to have your favor and blessing. So the question is, did Jacob not have it? Did Jacob not have the blessing of God? What's interesting is Jacob has always had the blessing of God in his life. But Jacob could only focus on what his brother had. And so he never believed he was blessed. The fight here is really a fight going on inside Jacob. The Bible says that the angel said to him, what is your name? That's an important question. What is your name? And he said, Jacob. In that sentence alone, in that word alone, Jacob said everything that needed to be said in this moment. Because I'm confident he said it like, Jacob, Jacob, because Jacob meant deceiver, trickster, inadequate, incapable, loser, failure, incapable, unblessed, unloved, rejected. And the angel asked Jacob so that Jacob would own it and say it out loud. And here, Jacob owned it. Jacob, the one who lied to my dad. Jacob, the one who had to steal to get what he needed. Jacob, the one who was born at the wrong time. Jacob, the one who was made fun of. Jacob, the one who had destroyed the family. Jacob, the one who had messed everything up. Jacob, I'm just Jacob. I am only Jacob. I'm just Jacob, the unblessed. And the angel said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. Jacob, today, I'm giving you a new name. I'm giving you a new identity. I don't want you to know yourself anymore as Jacob. From now on, when you see yourself, 
From now on, when you hear God speak, he'll no longer call you Jacob. From now on, when you hear God speak to you, he's going to call you Israel. From you will come generations. From you will come blessing. From you will come a nation because God has chosen you, Israel. And from now on, this will be who you are. You will no longer be who you are. He says, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Jacob, you've lived a life of turmoil, a life of conflict, but now here you are. The God of all creation is here looking at you. My hands are on you. And from now on, you will be called Israel, meaning prince of God. Oh, you're no longer going to be in defeat. You will now have a name and a meaning that means victory and blessed. The Bible says, then Jacob asked, saying, well, tell me your name, I pray. Tell, what is your name? Who, who exactly are you? And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. The angel said, my name is not as important in this moment as your name. Your name is significant now, Jacob. And this is what you must know. And in this moment, he blessed him there. Now, from the way the story is packaged, from what we know about uh, Hebrew word meanings, this is not just a man he's wrestling with. This is not even just an angel he's wrestling with. This is God who he's wrestling with. And this, many believe, is a, a pre-incarnate version of Jesus. This is Jesus before he comes to earth as a baby. This is Jesus that he's been wrestling with. And it says here that he, God, Jesus, blessed him. That's interesting. I wonder what he did. What did he do to bless him? Did he give him a lot of money? No. Did he give him a lot of possessions? No. Did he make him popular in that moment? No. Here's what God did when he blessed him. He gave him a new name. So that as from that moment forward, he would forever know who he is. And if you want to face a future, you've got to know who you are. You've got to know who Jesus says you are. And so if you're going to move from the faith you have to the next faith, it often comes with a fight. But as you believe and trust God, you'll move into new doors, new futures, new seasons in your life, you'll move right into this next year and it'll be critical that here as you move in, as you experience what God has for you, that you have his favor. If not, you can't ever walk into the future. You can't ever trust him if you don't know who you are. Jacob was, his future was filled with pain 
if he wouldn't believe in who Jesus said he was. So I'd ask all of us this question today. What is your name? What is the name you have had up to this point at least? What's the name you say about yourself? What's the name you have thought about? What's the name that others have given you? Maybe you've had a past. Maybe you've had some situations in your life where you've had a lot of painful names given to you. Loser, failure, unloved, rejected, never going to measure up, not enough. Whatever name you have had up until now is not near as important as the name that Jesus has for you. So I would ask you a second question. What is the name Jesus calls you? It's important. For Jacob, it would be critical that he understood that Jacob is who he once was. That Jacob was no longer who he would be. He would no longer be Jacob the deceiver, Jacob the failure, Jacob the loser, Jacob the family divider, Jacob the problem child, but you from now on would be Israel. Israel, the chosen of God. Israel, the prince of God. And so for you and I, it's important that we know the name that we have had and the name that Jesus says about you today. So let me just give you some of the names that the New Testament says that you and I have in Christ. And I want you to think through which one of these is you. Which one is Jesus uniquely saying to you that you are? Because if you don't know your name, you can't walk into 24 having the blessing and favor of God upon you. In Christ, you are forgiven. Washed of all your sin. In Christ, you are chosen. In Christ, you are part of the beloved. In Christ, you have been accepted. In Christ, you are blessed. In Christ, you are redeemed. In Christ, you are more than a conqueror. In Christ, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In Christ, there is no weapon formed against you that will prosper. In Christ, you have your identity and meaning in him because you are seated in heavenly places with him today. It's important that you know the name he has for you, not the one next to you, not someone else, but you. So what is that name? What is that name for you? What is the name that Jesus says about you right now? before this year begins to walk into what's ahead 
this is where your power, your strength will come from. In hearing his name for you. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you that in spite of who we've been, you have come to meet us where we are. You've come to free us. You've come to make us new. You've come to call us to greater things. You've called us to walk in your ways and you are the one who makes all things new. So I thank you that you redeem. I thank you that you restore and that for each one of us, you have a unique and precious name that you've given us. I pray we would hold on to that name as Jacob held on to Israel as his name. He would no longer see himself for who he was, but he would forever know from that day forward, I am Israel. And may that be true for us. May we see ourselves as chosen, loved, whole, complete, redeemed, cleansed, and more than conquerors. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.